All right, this is In the Weeds, episode two of season five, and I'm here with Wesley from Plain Jane Garage. What's up, Derek? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, Hector couldn't be with us. He is flying tonight, so we are doing this old school, just me and a guest, but we are doing it live at Birdneck Cycle. So uh, there you go. It's, it's, it's Miller time, Bud Light time. Uh, so oh, yeah. yeah, so long. We're gonna have a little chat about uh, Norfolk and Virginia Beach and Virginia and motorcycles. Hell yeah, sounds good. Yeah. All right. So the reason why we're doing this, um, you know, Wes has been a pretty good friend of mine for a couple of years, and uh, lately he's been working hard getting Plain Jane Garage opening up, and I think uh, you know a lot of people are just now hearing about it and don't really know the connection. Um, so we want to make sure everybody knows who Plain Jane Garage is and what y'all do. Um, so yeah, uh, let's let's start with that. So so give us a little history on, on Plain Jane and how that started yeah. up and what you're doing with it. Okay, right on, yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I um, appreciate it and um, yeah, so um, Plain Jane, it's um, Custom Harley fabrication, machine work kind of shop. Um, really want to focus on like the older stuff. Um, mostly Harleys, but um, I'll work on anything really. Um, the shop it's over on Virginia Beach Boulevard. Um, it's my grandfather's old upholstery shop. Um, he he passed away recently, and my uncle who was running it retired. So I'm just trying to keep it in the family and um, see what we can do. Just trying to do something cool in Virginia Beach and have like a focal spot for uh the community really and so your your background with with motorcycles and i'll dig more into the the family history of the building and all that stuff because mm -hmm. i think that's really cool mm -hmm. um you know obviously if you're not from this area then then virginia beach boulevard might not mean anything to you sure yeah <laughs> we got people that listen all yeah, over yeah yeah right but um you know locally you know that part of norfolk is you know it's just like a I, it's a weird area because mm -hmm. it's kind of industrial. There's a yeah. lot of strip malls, but then you also got residential. For sure. You know, and that building's been there for a long time. Your mm -hmm. family's been in there since, what, 70? 70... 74, something like that, yeah. Right. So, I mean, they've probably seen Virginia Beach Boulevard kind of mm -hmm. spread out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sure. more sprawl. Um, yeah, it is, it's an interesting spot. It's like, it's not anywhere you would really go to do something cool, I wouldn't say. Um, but like you said, there is a lot of, like, cool just... Um, just hardworking dudes, you know, like, um, a lot of body shops, a lot of, uh, car dealerships, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, Norfolk and Virginia beach, it's, there's all kinds of cool little corners popping up. And, um, I really think we're, uh, we're on the cusp of like doing some really cool stuff here. And, um, yeah, just trying to, just trying to do my part in that, you know. Yeah. Just, just look at the microphone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, project towards the microphone. <laughs> project. Yeah, we're we're like in making out distance right here because yeah. I didn't fucking bring enough microphones today. We're so gonna we're, make we're out after. So. That's cool. <laughs> sorry, y'all can't see that. <clears throat> but um, you know that area. So like, are the neighbors pretty chill about everything? Yeah. Um, like you said, it is residential. So like, I have, I, I'm right next door, right next door to um, like a couple, and they're super cool. Um, and I think it helps it that building has been there and like my family has been working out of there since most of the people have moved in there. So, um, yeah, 
it's kind of just like background noise at this point um right i mean there there's like what's like uh amco or something or somebody or something yeah that right across from you there's mm-hmm. you know big bays and everything yeah so. yeah um sure they used to it and yeah there's like a big body shop right across the street so um right. yeah it's um it's been cool yeah they've been the whole neighborhood has been really cool like a bunch of bunch of like old dudes will come in and be like oh i used to come in here and talk to your aunt and uncle or grandfather or whatever and all this stuff and um that's been really cool like just seeing yeah. like the reach of like my grandfather's business that i never really saw you know um yeah. now, when you were a kid were you in there at all like would you guys not a ton i mean we would go in there and like you know if he had something cool or whatever we'd go in there and um you know all that but i didn't i didn't go there a ton you know it was like his work and um right yeah, I didn't, I didn't go there a ton, yeah. So you weren't like a little shop rat as a kid running around? No, not there, know? no, no. <laughs> um, nah. no. I mean, and, you know, and, and it, when I when we describe the neighborhood to you, it sounds like like it's a residential. It's really, you know, Virginia Beach Boulevard, at, at that point, well, it's like two lanes going each way or three mm-hmm. lanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big-ass road. Yeah, for sure. And you're just right off of it, you yeah. know, off the main drag. And then as soon as you go down that side street, mm-hmm. you're in a residential neighborhood. Right, yeah. Which is pretty typical for the boulevard, you know, like businesses on the strip and then you go off all the side streets. Mm-hmm. That area reminds me a lot of like Oakland. Oakland's like cool. that. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you got these main drags with everybody, you know, all the car shops, muffler shops, mm-hmm. like said, blue collar. Yeah. And then you go on the side street and it's like residential mm-hmm. until you get to the next big mm-hmm. road and then it's the next thing. Right, yeah. The only thing with Virginia is there's really not the next road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just you just go down you the side keep, streets and yeah. they go in forever. Uh-huh. And it there's seems like strip malls forever. Right, like. Until you hit water. And then, yeah. like, next thing you know, you're on a dead end. Yeah. There's, there's a river. Exactly. Um, you know, or, or a swamp or, exactly. you know. <laughs> you end up in some mud somewhere. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's rad yeah. with, the, with the shop thing. So I know before that you were doing, like, I think when I met you, mm-hmm. you're doing, like, construction and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing, I did, like, construction. I worked for my dad's company for a while. And um, that was, like, kind of what I did. I moved back from California. Um, I lived out there for a little bit doing some stuff. And, um, and yeah. So I did the construction stuff for a little bit. And, uh uh, the working for your dad did not work out super well. <laughs> um, we still, we still have a great relationship, but, uh, yeah, working for your dad is tough. And, yeah. um, yeah, it just felt like the right time to just, uh, you know, I felt like I learned a lot with that job of just like how to get stuff done, you know, like yeah. that was a weird thing that I didn't know. I didn't know of just like how to like, you have this like big problem in front of you and like, how can you use what you have to get it done? Um, and that's probably a bad way of explaining it, but like, it really did just like help me learn how to like get big things done, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, it helped a lot with that aspect. Um, no, and, and like I did construction before I joined the Navy, and, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like when you yeah. first walk onto a job site, yeah, it's just like this overwhelming task of it's like crazy, we yeah. have to do this entire job yeah and then yeah, the, the longer you've been around it, you realize that there's phases, mm-hmm. and it's not that different than a bike project. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, you've got your demolition phase, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then you've got subcontractors because you can't do everything yeah, unless you you're just a total badass, people. you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things I like about your shop is that you have a lot of different skill sets, right? Because right. you do, you know, a little bit of machining, a little bit of fabrication, you know, mm-hmm. you do motor work, you right. do everything pretty much in-house, like, mm-hmm. all the way up to paint. Yeah. And there's not a lot of shops that, you know, like, can do a motor and put a bike mm-hmm. together you know, and so I, I think that's pretty impressive with your shop, cool. and it's yeah. kind of similar to what we do here in at Birdneck, you know, and um, 
So that's part of the, you know, it gets me hyped up because yeah. the way that we're set up, we can't really do custom. We don't have enough room to do like one-off builds. Mm -hmm. We don't build bikes here. Mm -hmm. We do mm -hmm. motors. We mm -hmm. do parts. We do service. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not able to take on these like long-term big projects right. like you're saying. Yeah, which is really right. cool that you got that going on out there. No, yeah. Um, I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I feel like I'm not like obviously like everything you do you want to be better at it right but it's like you know there's better people at every category than me and all those things you know and i could go deep in one and you know try to get that good at it but um yeah i kind of i just enjoy everything like every aspect of it so um you know just try to do everything as good as you can and take your time and um yeah it's just fun. like the whole thing is fun like you know like i mean right. you build bikes start right. to finish so it's like <laughs> everything is fun it's like it is man. It's i enjoy having, all of it you yeah know? like i'm, so I'm not as much like i don't really do mechanical stuff like mm -hmm. i don't you know pull apart transmissions right yeah and it's not because i can't or i don't know how like cause yeah. if you can read a manual and you have a clean workspace and you have the right tools for sure yeah you know you're capable yeah if you're patient you absolutely know? yeah that's not me like <laughs> you know i i just don't enjoy that part of it yeah know? no that um, makes sense but so going back to your background though, you know, so, mm -hmm. so what got you into motorcycles in the first place? Um, well, my dad, he always, like, we had dirt bikes, like early on, like early elementary school, we were on dirt bikes and stuff. And my dad always had project cars. And, um, you know, on, honestly, I like give a lot of credit to like discovery channel and all this yeah. like dumb, like, you know, whatever shows like hot rod shows or whatever they were. Um, I mean, that stuff was just so inspirational to me for some reason. And, um, yeah, so, like, road dirt bikes. So I was always into motorcycles, always knew I was going to have a motorcycle and um, always knew I wanted to work on them, too. So, um, yeah, just from that, it just, like, snowballed and kind of just became an obsession and kind of all you could think about, right. as you know. It's, like, yeah. it's all-encompassing. So. so full disclaimer here, when we talked about this off mic, but Wesley doesn't listen to my podcast, so he has no idea what me and <laughs> Hector talked about on Sunday. I'm not calling you out, but... The, so me and Hector, me and you and Hector, I think, are, uh -huh. are pretty close to the same age, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and he grew up with his dad. And mm -hmm, we yeah. just talked about this on our last podcast. Mm -hmm. So he grew up with his dad, and that's kind of like their common bond was was watching, like, biker build-offs yeah. and stuff together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you it, know? yeah. And that's what brought these guys into it. Uh-huh. And we are talking about, you know, where, like, guys with my generation is a little bit different because, like, we didn't grow up with it on TV. yeah. You know, we grew up with it, like, seeing it out in the world somewhat, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, or in magazines. And magazines right. played a huge role. Sure. You know, but now, like, with, with the younger generation that, that grew up with it on TV, and now people are just getting into it now. They're growing up with it on Instagram. Yeah. You know, and, like, yeah. they're seeing, like, shit that the Born Free Builders are doing. And that's insane, their go-to. Yeah. That's what they're they're looking at the, you know, the guys, yeah. like, like, you know, that are up and coming now mm -hmm. on Instagram. They're mm -hmm. building... And it's like a tight mi magnifying glass on right. all that stuff. Super it's like, microscope. Yeah. Like, you see every in, process you know. of everything. Yeah. We, we saw like the 5,000 foot view. Yeah, exactly. And the guys that are growing yeah. up now getting into this. Like they're, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. they're up at the macro level. Right. Like they're yeah. seeing detailed yeah. stuff. And, and in real time, you know, whereas I like I was the forum generation. So we saw it as like people posted on, on you know, this is before even Chop Cult, really. It was yeah. like, like Jockey Journal. And the ham, even before Jockey Journal, right? Where like guys were doing build threads, and like you know, some guys would post every day, some guys would post like once mm -hmm. a week, mm -hmm. and it was like this is you know I'm building this iron head, yeah. And they'd be like, 
figuring out these solutions to these problems mm -hmm. that nobody had the answers to yet. Right. And when you find a good thread where it has the answers and the yes, pictures and all that, yeah. you like hang on to it. Like, right? Yeah, you like you'd like save those and favorite exactly, them, you know, yeah, and yeah. subscribe to them because you're like, oh, this guy figured out how to put, you know, back like forward controls and sportsters was a big thing because mm -hmm. nobody really was making forward control kits, hmm. and the ones that were out there were super janky and expensive. Gotcha. So you're like, man, am I gonna spend four hundred dollars? Like, and this is four hundred dollars in in like two thousand three <laughs> money. Yeah, you know, for forward controls. 2003 money <laughs> right which probably like like fifteen hundred dollars now you know even though the same they're, they're still 400 money. bucks you know? <laughs> right and people complain about prices i'm yeah. like Dude, you really have no idea like right, yeah. you know mm. but that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we can go yeah, down on sure. prices on shit you know and and it's, it's just like lately they just seem to really be going everything's getting more expensive yeah, obviously yeah. but uh -huh. like like ratchet tops, you know. Yeah. Like fuck, like you can't find a ratchet top for under fifteen hundred bucks now. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know? Especially, <laughs> I mean, a good one, especially. I mean, right. Yeah. yeah, one that's not fucked, you yeah. know. But, yeah, I mean, in that generation thing, you know. So, you, mm -hmm. so you grew up like that, and then, so what was like when you got into choppers? Like, what was mm -hmm. the thing that, like, okay, I'm gonna build a chopper? Like, what was your first chopper? Um, well, first Harley, it was a Sportster. It was a like a twelve hundred Sportster. Um. And yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like, I mean, where I first got into choppers, I got to give credit to, like, Scotty Sobnik and the Cycle Zombies. I mean, when I saw their stuff, it just, like, my mind just, like, blew up. Like, I was like, this is... Were you is... out in California at that point, or were you no, back this here? No, is... I was still here, yeah. So, yeah. like, seeing that over there, and, like, it just blew my mind. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, I want that more than anything. And, um, yeah, so, like, you know, got a job in college, I, like... You know, had a, I had, like, a Honda CB 550, and I sold that and, um, you know, saved up and got the Harley and, you know, put tank and long forks and all that stuff on there. And um, But, yeah, then when I was out in California, I finally, like, put together my first, like, shovel head, like, hardtailed it and all that stuff and um, was able to go to, like, the SoCal so Cycle Swap and all that stuff. And um, that was just so cool. Like, after, like, seeing all that whole scene, like, for so long and, like, kind of idolizing it almost and then going like it was just cool to like see it in real person and like you know seeing the nuances like the pros and cons of it and like yeah i don't know it was just super cool so um where were you living at when you're in cali i was in like costa mesa at that time and i said cali i'm from california so i can, can say it yeah. fuck off <laughs> <laughs> i can't i'm from virginia i can't um <laughs> No, but um, I was in Costa Everybody Mesa. Like Cali. Yeah. Cali. It's an East Coast thing, though. When you say, like, California out here, it's Cali, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd never say that in California. Oh, ever. So funny. But out here, you say Cali. Like, yeah. And, like, I've been out here for 15 years, so, so it's rubbed there off you on go. You. It's Cali. Yeah. But, so, you, what, Orange County then? Costa Mesa? Yeah, Orange County. Yeah, Costa Mesa. Area, yep, right? yep, exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. I mean, like, yeah, it was just super cool. Like, right when I kind of got into it, like, you know, you start meeting these people, like, these, like, old dudes that, like, it's hard to explain, like, how cool you think these dudes are, you know, like, um, this dude, Fast Eddie, that, um, I know Scotty gets his motors built by, um, just this old dude in Bellflower that, um, you know, he builds Harley motors in his garage, and, um, just the coolest old dude, like, he has this whole collection of cars, he collects, like, Rolexes and stuff, and, um, he, yeah, it was just, like, so sick going to his shop, and, like, he was the first person that kind of taught me stuff about, like, building a harley motor at least and like um yeah it was just sick going over there and like 
seeing that stuff. And, um, yeah, the whole California chopper scene was just so sick. Like they do such a good job over there. Um, yeah, like everyone, they just kill it. I mean, all the bikes are so sick and like, really, I got to give credit to them to, for like inspiring me to even try to do this stuff, you know? Right. Um, so like, I mean, that's, you know, with how your shop set up, I mean, it was, how much of that is kind of taken from like shops that you saw out there? Like, I don't know if you ever went to highway or any of the other shops out there. Um, or, I actually never went to Highway, but um, I'm I actually, not sure how long ago that how long yeah. he's even been open. Like, I think he like just opened right when I was leaving, actually. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I actually like the Japanese scene too. I mean, yeah. I was looking at a lot of Japanese shops when I was kind of changing up my shop, and um, but yeah, I mean, just the whole like setup of stuff too, like the flow of things and all that. But um, right. But yeah, I really looked at a lot of Japanese stuff when I was when I was doing that. Um, they they do. A really good job as well as as you know but um yeah but yeah yeah i mean and, and like I, I think the biggest and can you have me another beer oh we're yeah gonna, we're gonna just talk on mic like we're having a conversation yep. oh yeah and you're gonna get interrupted sorry by a few cracks but um yeah i mean like you know the biggest name i know of that does kind of the thing that we're into is is it's big taco right like mm-hmm. your blue groove oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's crazy because like you know dude just nails it like every oh, yeah. every bike he does just it's so out good. of the park yeah it's, it's awesome for sure it's like something you would see at long beach swap meet yeah or, well mm-hmm. i don't think they call it now it's do they call it long beach swap meet still or i think it's it, socal swap now yeah so yeah. Swap. Uh-huh. i'm yeah. showing my age here <laughs> remember when it was the long beach swap but, um yeah you know and it's like you yeah. said with japan mm-hmm. and that's something when, and again we talked about this on the last podcast which is funny it's coming mm-hmm. up again mm-hmm. is that you've got all these shops you know, and, and they're in the district and they're all kind of neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. in, in every big city seems to have like that section of town where there's all these shops. Right. Sure. And they all kind of have their own signature thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, like some shops, like all they seem to do is like they do swing arm shovel heads and that's yeah, it. Sure. And that's their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got guys like Big Taco who, you know, or BG or what, I'm probably fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> but Taco that, that yeah. I, I don't know the dude, so uh-huh. I don't know what he likes to be called, but, um. <laughs> You know, like he's definitely it's kind like the of survivor like that, kind of look. that 1967, mm-hmm. 68 yeah. transition year chopper right. that mm-hmm. he does. And mm-hmm. like, and it's crazy because like he can do it with any motor mm-hmm. and it's fucking rad. Yeah. It's like perfect. it yeah. looks good with a knucklehead. It looks right. good with a pan head. Yeah. Flat side shovel. Right. I don't know that I've ever seen him do an Evo. He probably he I don't might think have. I have. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't know that he does Evos. I don't think I've ever seen him do one. Yeah. You know, but it's just. And it's cool that he's got his signature, and I think that that's kind of cool. Like, you know, I've always felt like like there is a signature style to this area in Richmond mm-hmm. that is kind of like on the border of between like that tough guy chopper mm-hmm. and like traditional chopper. Yeah, where we're mixing the two, For sure. and guys like Al, mm-hmm. you know, who's did the gray and green bike the mm-hmm. evo a few years back and yeah. the, the swing arm shovel before that for sure he's working on the sick one right now Dude, too yeah yeah that one is yeah. fucking rad super cool you know and, and there's that style and it's it's the environment that we're in like yeah you need a bike that is nimble mm-hmm. and you can ride in shitty traffic mm-hmm. it can handle fucked up roads and not break yeah you know yeah so and i think it, it goes back to that like blue collar backbone that we have here it's yeah. like it's all construction workers shipyard workers like I mean, 
sailors. Yeah, sailors. I mean, sailor. Sailor. No, I mean, I think it it does it does translate into the motorcycles we build too. It's like, you know, we like to go fast, but we like things to look good, and right. you know, it's you've got to take all the boxes a little bit. Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and it's 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 cool that in, you know a lot of the things that we do here, like it's not a flashy place. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. Like it's very anybody could do this kind of bikes yeah you know, like yeah evos and cone shovels mm -hmm. and iron heads mm -hmm. like some of the best iron heads i think being built on the east coast or yeah. coming out of richmond with right. guys like uh it's a justin wizard bane justin is that right i'm not sure i'm not sure do you know what i'm talking about i don't think so the no yeah <laughs> if i did show notes i'd put it in the show notes but <laughs> i don't fucking do that <laughs> um, Anybody got time for that no but i mean he's like Anyway, yeah, no, no, that's a rabbit hole that that I'm going down. That I don't have all the information to go down. I don't, <laughs> I'm not organized, even my thoughts. But yeah, that that style, you know, and you're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of that lately. And we talked, you know, yeah. briefly about that before. Is that that I think that's kind of the next thing, right? Because mm -hmm. like the the '60s Purdue, you know, Satan Slave style bikes and Hell's Angel style bikes were super popular for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, with like Dice Magazine and and mm -hmm. and Born Free shows. Like those were the bikes that were winning the shows. Yeah. And now you're starting to see this transition to like mag wheels and disc brakes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's always been there. And there's been people that have been doing that the whole time. And that's mm -hmm. all they do. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I think it, yeah, it's a cool it's a cool mix of like that that performance because a long time I feel like in like the '90s, early 2000s, like that performance thing came on and they, they kind of missed it. Like, I mean, right. that, that style is, is coming back as cool now, but, um, to me, I don't know. It just never really clicked. Um, but yeah, like now it's like that mix of kind of like the 60, 70 style bikes with the, the right. mags and the PM brakes. Yeah. We're and all cherry that. picking, yeah, we're cherry the, picking the good stuff. Like yeah. The chopper era and the right. pro street era uh -huh, and making yeah. these like, they're not really pro street choppers and they're not really yeah. traditional choppers. Uh -huh. They're just like this mix of like dual disc brake, mag wheels, yeah. but they're like four over front ends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was shit that never really existed on a big scale. Yeah. You know, there's always been those onesies, twosies out there doing it. Mm -hmm. But um, let's talk about your bike, though. So so yeah. you had a bike that got a little bit of attention. Um, flat set showhead <laughs> with an Indian girder front end. Yeah, uh, that thing was sick. Liberace. Yeah, Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that thing was sick. Um and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just sold that thing. Um, I sold it to Dean and um, Dean at Dice, and mm -hmm. um, I think he shipped that thing off to Japan, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I mean, hey, go for it. But um, right. No, that thing was sick. Um, yeah, that girder front end. Those things are so sick. I mean, right. it's hard to get sexier than that thing than right. that front end to me. Um, so I'm wondering how that went down, right? Like, was Dean, like, really into the bike, but then somebody saw Dean with it and made him an offer he couldn't refuse? I don't or know. was he like, I know I can get more money for this? Because, like, <laughs> there there is American prices and there's for Japan sure. prices. Yeah. And if you know people in Japan, yeah. you know, it's like, well, yeah. I know people, you yeah. know? So, like, you're going to make shit happen. You're going to make moves because you sure. can, you yeah. know? But, I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, I bought that motor from Dean and um, – motor and front end from Dean and um, – 
I, he really liked it, and uh, yeah. I think probably a little bit of both happened. Right. Yeah, but hey, no, like no hard feelings. I mean, no, I mean, I think it's, it's sick, cool. Yeah. Like I'm sure you got a good price for it. Yeah, I mean, way more than you would get if you put it on Facebook Marketplace exactly. in Virginia Beach. Exactly. Yeah, because you know, yeah, like, I, I made a little money. Maybe yeah. he made a little money. Like it's all good. Works, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and I think that that goes back to our blue collar thing. Is that like. You always know that somebody else down the line is making more money than you. Yeah, right. The boss always makes more money than exactly. you. Like you're the yeah. one out there fucking, uh-huh. you know, mixing concrete in a, in a wheelbarrow, <laughs> <laughs> while the boss is fucking driving around in the SUV and the air conditioning, you know, and you're making yeah. twenty dollars an hour and he just made two hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, that's that's the name of the game. But and we talked about it. Fuck money, dude. Yeah, What's money? No, no. I mean, what's rad though is that when you can build a bike and you can enjoy the pro. Like I really enjoy the price process of building. Right. Yeah. You know, like. And more so than I do even riding them. Yeah. It doesn't matter how fucking cool it is. Yeah. Like, after I've put two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred miles on a bike, I'm like, all right, cool. I want to build another one. Yeah. You've experienced it. You've kind of done the thing. And right. You get, you, I've worked out the bugs. Worked out the bugs. It's ready exactly. for somebody else. Yeah. And if I can get eight grand and, and, you know, I can build two bikes for eight grand. Yeah. You know, I'm ready to move on down the road. Yeah. And the next one may not be as cool, like, or sexy because yeah. it's hard, like, once you've done a flat side, mm-hmm. you either keep doing flat sides yeah. or you, you go do an Evo. Or... <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. And I can do three Evos for the cost of exactly, a flat side, yeah. you know. No, um, that bike was sick and I do miss it. But like you said, I mean, you can't get attached to them and it's like, yeah. it's just fun building the next one. It's, it's just fun building stuff. Like you have an idea or you're drawing or something that you want to make and that's what it's about is getting those ideas out. So right. unfortunately you have to sell them to get the money to make the next one. So, and that's, that's the hardest thing I think for people that aren't in the business air quotes in the business yeah, um, to realize, you know, because like other people get attached to your bike yeah, and yeah. you having that bike because they think that that bike's like an extension of you. Yeah. Yeah. They you built it. Associate right? that bike with you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that's true, you know, but like yeah. if I was a painter and I painted a mural, yeah, you know, or I painted a big, eight by 10, whatever canvas, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't paint it to hang in my house. Yeah. Like, right. Right. You yeah. know, I don't have yeah. room for an eight by 10 painting in my house. Like I did to get the idea out of my head. And right. Now it's out. And I don't want to look at it. It's so hard for people to get that because they're like, man, like I love that bike. Why'd you sell that bike? And yeah. They're like, and now you got a fucking 883. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> like it's, you know, it's an 883. It'll exactly. be cool. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah you know? just, wait. <laughs> just wait. I'm going to do something with it. And, and people get super attached and bombed and then they make you feel like shit. That is funny. Know? I've noticed that. It is a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. Because they connect it with you, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, that's your bike. Uh-huh. And then, especially, and then it's like when you send it overseas, then it's like, oh, you just fucking committed, you know, yeah, like treason, treason. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like get the guillotine. You're, yeah, you're giving Japan our, I know, you know our resources, right? It's like, yeah, it's like nobody cries about how many CB750s. That, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. want them back. Like yeah. just so you know, like if you've got a nice CB750, they want <laughs> yeah. it back <laughs> before you fuck it up and try to make it a bobber. You know, we're just gonna have all the good motorcycles. We're just gonna be left with the shit over here. Like, <laughs> right? No, and, and I used to joke like about because when I lived in San Diego, you know, and, and being in my twenties and in the Navy, and we'd go down to Tijuana and party our asses off, mm-hmm. you know, and like I was always really respectful because I grew up in California, but you know, like not everybody was as respectful of the locals. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd go down there and act like assholes. Oh, and, sure. You know, being assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, 
so I, and, and I was never like that, but you know, now I'm like, oh man, like now I know how it feels to be like this third world person, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. not as, you know, people that are legitimately third world. I, I'm not trying to make light of it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is, is that now it's like, we're the peasants that are like mm-hmm. scraping and doing this thing yeah. and then, you know, selling it for less than it's worth to somebody that's just going to like double their money instantly yeah, and really appreciate it and yeah right yeah. That, yeah and it's like yeah here we go i'm I'm selling chiclets at the fucking <laughs> at the border now <laughs> you know i'm like happy to make five dollars yeah for right. somebody that's gonna make 20 yeah you know it's and, like you know it's it's not really our fault i don't think i mean i think it's kind of the people before us. it's like a, a lot of it is you know and, and it's, a lot of it's like what you appreciate right and yeah. it's like right now exactly, like yeah. cone shovels have never really been fully appreciated. Like, yeah, it's cool that it's a shovel head, mm-hmm. but everybody's always been like, yeah, but it's a cone shovel. It's like AMF, yeah. Right, yeah. AMF bikes, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and whereas, like, in Japan, they've been buying up AMF bikes since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, when everybody dumped their AMF bikes to get Evos, mm-hmm. they were loading them up in Long Beach and, and sending yeah. them to Japan. Right, right. And that's why there's so many cone shovels in Japan, mm-hmm. and you're seeing a lot of them on the road now through Instagram, but they yeah. a lot of those bikes have been there for years. That makes sense, yeah. And have passed generations in past hands, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's not a new thing. Like, yeah. Harleys have been part of J- Japanese bike culture yeah. for a long time. And once they get over there, it's like, it's not old shit anymore. It's like, right. it's antique American Right. history they, they you know these yeah, are bikes that we're yeah. like oh yeah like iron heads like we treat iron heads like they're fucking garbage yeah, yeah like yeah. they're hookers you know yeah, it's like, know, yeah. <laughs> you're like ah it's, yeah it's got a bad fucking canooter valve <laughs> yeah, i'm <laughs> just gonna sell it 800 bucks yeah yours. just get it it's get, your problem get now. away from me yeah and and so you guys did an iron head in your shop this is yeah. my segue so and that was definitely a pain in the ass <laughs> right and and it's not because there's anything wrong with iron heads no yeah it's that they were fucking neglected yeah you know guys rode the fuck out of them they didn't have rev limiters so yeah. you just would wide open until they blew up yeah. or broke and, and everyone had someone dicking with it that didn't know what they were doing and yeah they all got problems and yeah but yeah no they're i mean i mean it's like what you're saying it's like if they're good and people appreciate them they're fine it's right. just i mean it's just and the mindset i think that it, like if like comparing iron heads to K models, right? Mm-hmm. Like if there was as many iron heads out there as K models, they wouldn't be fucking twelve hundred dollar bikes. No, yeah, no, <laughs> you know? not at all. Like yeah. We'd be looking at like twelve thousand dollar bikes. Yeah, for sure. They just Absolutely. built a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, and and there's a lot of them out there, and they all need work, so you can pick them up cheap. But then, like, I think the hardest thing for people with iron heads is like, how am I gonna pay somebody three grand to rebuild a motor? Mm-hmm. You know, and the bike's only going to be worth 2500 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with Ironheads. For you sure. Know? Like, they are not cheap to rebuild. They've got, yeah. you know, all of the same parts. No, it's, as, it's no less As a shovel head and, yeah. a, and a, a ratchet top. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In, in one unit, and they yeah. both need work. For sure. And people are like, you know. And more specialty tools. It's like, right, yeah. yeah. And people like, are bummed that they're, like, when they hear the bill, and they're like, oh. Yeah. Man, that's that's more than I want to spend on this thing, and I'm like, like well, well, it's yours, so. <laughs> but you know. I mean, that does raise like a interesting point of just like where you place your value on these things, because it's like, I mean, how how many more iron heads are there than cone shovels? You know, it's like, can I get? I would say there's probably like two to one for every like two iron heads. There's probably a shovel. Yeah, head. so it's like it's probably a fair. 
I don't know. I feel like there is going to be a time where these Ironheads that are shit right now are going to be valuable. Oh, yeah. It's like, and and yeah. certain years too, like the production numbers on like the early '60s Ironheads were kind of low. Yeah. Uh, especially like XLCHs, right, like yeah. early like pre '65s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know when motorcycling was was popular, but yeah, not as popular as it got in the '60s and '70s, right, late right. '60s. Yeah. You know the whole counterculture thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like everybody had a sportster in the late sixties, it seems yeah. like. Like all the rock stars, you know. Yeah, Elvis um, had one. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Allman Brothers. You oh, know, like, did he have one? Yeah, he hmm. did. Uh, Pigpen from the Grateful Dead had an Sick. Ironhead. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, these were rock stars with like money. And, yeah, like, right. They wanted sportsters because that was like the, the sport bike. Yeah, the little light. They were thing. popular. You yeah, know? <laughs> and. So in the late 60s, they got more popular, and they built more of them. And then the 70s, like, you look at the 70s numbers when AMF took over, and it was like they were just shitting them out. Really, yeah. Huh. <laughs> um, compared to the production numbers of them being just like like a 60s Ironhead pre-AMF, those were, like, really, like, hand-built. Like, yeah. somebody, you know, every part of it that was machined, they were mm-hmm. in a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they had multiple floors in the factories. Right. So it took a lot more time. When AMF came in, they really, like, streamlined production and did more of a production line. Mm-hmm. And that's why things got done faster and they, they were building more bikes. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. And they're finally meeting the demands. I think before that, it wasn't as easy to get a Harley in the 60s, early 60s. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And if you look at, like, the numbers, and, and this is another crazy thing to think about, is that, like, like right now we've got a 64 Panhead in here in the shop. You know, and, and mm-hmm. like a 64 iron head is worth 10% of what that pan is Yeah, worth. right, right. You know, it's a $2,400 iron head versus a $24,000 pan head. Yeah. It is. Inst- I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think yeah, about, Yeah, right? it is crazy. I mean. But I if mean, you look at Buell's, right? Buell's yeah. were $18,000. Were they? They were. I didn't know they were that much. Dude, they cost more than a Dyna. Wow. Year for year, if you look at Buell's in the, in the 90s, right? Mm. Like, Buell's were expensive to build. Because they had the best of everything, mm-hmm. and they were all hand built, hmm. you know. And now, like, yeah, Buell's two like, thousand dollar Craigslist, yeah, well, yeah. not Craigslist, but Facebook Marketplace. Craigslist, what's Craigslist? I, I know <laughs> like, Craigslist. What's that? You fucking old fucking boomer. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a boomer. I'm not a boomer. <laughs> I'm, not a boomer. <laughs> I'm not that old. No, but. I mean it is interesting, and I get, I definitely understand the like the value that people place on the like original Harley stuff, you know, when it was like those old dudes in the factory making that stuff. And then, you know, the switch, but, um, well, and like it, your brother, right. Or is it your cousin, brother, brother, brother with, with the, the FLH? Oh yeah. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Brother. Uh huh. Okay. So, um, you know, like I remember when you were telling me when I bought, it was around the time that I bought the FXR, right. That he was building mm-hmm. the FLH. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, the, my black FXR I bought from his brother. And, uh, you know, you guys were talking about building FLH. And at yeah. the time I was like, it's like, who in the fuck under 50 wants to build an FLH? Yeah. <laughs> like it made no sense to me <laughs> no, that, like, sure. until I saw it. And then when I yeah. saw it, I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. You know? But um, when you were telling me about it, you're like, oh yeah, we're looking for an FLH. If you know anybody with FLH parts. And I was like, <laughs> I know people throwing that shit away. Like what the fuck are you doing building an FLH? And I mean, it, and like, that same thing, like, worked in our advantage. I mean, he got it for a good deal, and, like, I mean, it was a piece of shit, and he got it from some tweaker, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was a piece of shit, and we got it for a good deal because no one 
valued it, you know? And right. Now it's a sick bike, and it's a cone shovel and ratchet top, and it's got all the, you know, the key words, but, yeah, I mean, that was a fun bike. I mean, right. just different than, oh, it came it's out not like a chopper too. All, like, you know? I mean, and if you haven't seen it, you know, it's, it's, well, well, let's let's do the the call to action here. So, so mm-hmm. where can they see all the stuff that we're talking about? Oh, nice. About? Yeah. So, Instagram. <laughs> uh, we have an Instagram uh, website right now. The Instagram is just Plain Jane Garage or at Plain Jane Garage, and um, it's plainjanegarage.com. dot com. Um, but yeah, that the bike we're talking about, it's like the homepage on the website, and then on the Instagram, it's the uh, it's like a black FLH with a a furry sheep seat. So. Right. And a crusty ass windshield that you can't see out of. Yeah, the, yeah, crusty windshield. <laughs> that uh, thing's so badass, man. No, that thing's sick. Um, yeah, that windshield that was from uh, from Josh. I ended up getting a lot of parts from Josh Knoll. Yeah. So it, it's got a lot of like panhead stuff on it, which gives it the look. But um, so how, how long have you known Josh for? Like, where's that come? Um, not that long. I know him. I've just known, or I'm sorry, let me back up. I knew him through like Instagram buying parts and stuff. But then I ended up knowing him personally through a mutual friend, Wes Johnson, who you know as well. Right. Um, and they grew up, they basically grew up together, I think, like riding BMX and stuff. But right. um, that was really when I met him on like a personal level. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's something that's always kind of weird about this area is, you know, a lot of people all over the world know who Josh Knoll is. Yeah, because right. he's pretty good at what he yeah. does. Yeah. He's been doing it for a long time. For sure, yeah. Um, you know, but like when I meet people out here and it's, you know, again, like I've lived here for a long time, but I didn't know people like mm-hmm. I was in the Navy. So I knew Navy people. Yeah. Right. I didn't really know like people that grew up here until last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to me, it's like, yeah, Josh is a guy that like I would know from Instagram or that I met out yeah. in Richmond because, mm-hmm. you know, he's already out in Powhatan when I met him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so out here locally, you know, it's always kind of weird that, there's all these people that are involved mm-hmm. that are kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the things I love about Virginia mm-hmm. in, in our chopper world here mm-hmm. is that, you know, people that you don't even know or expect, there's like all these weird connections. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I that's mean, a trip because. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it's like how I met you. It was, like, it was like right when I moved back from California and I think I saw a post, I think it was like Chopper Swapper reposted something. And I ended up buying it from you, or I saw that you were local, and I hit you up, and I bought it from you, and, like, that was the first time we met. And from then, we've been friends ever since, pretty yeah. much. It's like, I, honestly, like, I I don't even really remember that specific time. I, I know you guys came over to the shop. Yeah. You guys were in the truck. Like, you guys were mm-hmm. on, like, like a lunch break or something. I think that was when we were hardtailing that. Yeah, that, no, that yeah, was uh-huh. the, the Evo that we hardtailed. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, I don't remember what parts it was. I Really? Yeah, it was, some, um, it was, like, some Pangea Speed, uh, like, the mid control kit kind of thing he has okay. where you like bend it i don't know you don't remember that no i don't damn like i remember <laughs> meeting you but like i don't remember no, that's what funny. parts it was you yeah know? and like i mean because that's how you know like whenever i end up with whenever i'm done with a build or i change directions i usually just sell the parts i don't like really hold on to them yeah yeah you know and so i, I meet a lot of people through parts and have become friends and that's right. something that goes way way back for sure um and it's always rad you know Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely know that like we've kept in touch, and then mm-hmm. the Evo that you guys did, which was so the the Evo story is a good one. Oh, I'm burping, <laughs> but light burps. Um, when we did your Evo, that was the first time I had ever really like 
hardtail to frame like that. Cool, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and I remember like I loved how that bike came out when you guys yeah. like when I saw the pictures of it, and I was like, "Fuck, that yeah. thing's rad." That thing was sick, yeah. You know, it with the, it had like what like a four over wide glide, yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and bayonet sissy bar and all that. Yeah, the sissy yeah. bar was killer. Uh-huh. With the, it was like a flat like flat bar sissy bar mm-hmm. with the bayonet in it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Nino ended up with it. Yeah. Which I thought was super rad. That was so cool. Yeah. Like we were like so surprised when he said he wanted to buy that. We're like, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was such a cool bike. And I loved it. Like I was trying to get it from Nino. Uh I was like, man, that bike can't leave this area when it was for sale. Yeah. You know? And the whole like story of like, I mean, like of you guys working on it and like, Mm -hmm. it was just a, it was a very deep uh, Norfolk bike for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then the coolest part was, um, when when me and Nino rode out for our Sam's run, yeah, and he was on that bike, and, and then I was bed. on my Evo. Well, yeah, it was an electrical problem. <laughs> it wasn't your fault, but I was on my Evo chopper that I built because of that bike, you know. Because oh I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, cool. Fuck, like yeah, because I was kind of back then, especially I was like, oh, flat sides, shovel heads, yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't really like into the Evo thing yet, mm-hmm. and and between that bike and and Liam's bike when he yeah. rebuilt it, yeah. I was like, oh, well, I guess Evos can be cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, Liam's bike was I one of the big reasons why we built that one, too, is I think Will saw him on Shore Drive one day. He didn't even know who he was or anything. And we we're like, damn, that thing is sick. Like, yeah. it's an Evo. Like, whoa. Um, yeah, his bike yeah. was killer. Even, like, he kind of makes fun of it now when it had, like, the white tank and the dual yeah. headlights and stuff That's when we it. saw it, yeah. Right, but it was cool then, too. It was cool, yeah. You know? And, and when you evolved, see it going down the street and, like, it's Virginia a chopper, Beach, you know? it's like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's really refined now compared to how it was then. Yeah, you know, and and then the shovel that he's doing is fucking insane. I know. I want to see more pictures of that thing. Yeah, he's definitely been like kind of like he'll show bits and pieces of mm-hmm. it as they're working on it. It's yeah. getting pretty close. Cool. Um, I was talking to him about it the other day. Uh, he had some some engine issues. Like he fired it up, and then mm-hmm. one of the bearings locked up. Oh shit! Like, but it locked up almost immediately, so nothing got fucked up. I think damn. they were able to save it. You know. Yeah. But um, that's really damn. Yeah, that bike's the new one that he's doing is rad. Yeah. But, but his old one. I mean, then that was even like the blue Evo that I built mm-hmm. was really like. Like, when I picked out the frame, I was like, okay, well, like, because I, I helped Liam put his blue bike together. Well, mm-hmm. he put some of the parts together in my shop, mm-hmm. you know, so I kind of was watching and helping him out a little bit. He did the work, mostly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like, that Craftec frame, I always kind of, like, shit on them because, like, they're super beefy. They're, like, inch and a quarter tubes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's not traditional. Yeah, yeah. And then when I actually saw how easy it went together, and mm-hmm. I was like, dude, like everything just fucking fits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's wild. Yeah, man. that's wild. <laughs> so used to how things like have to be jacked with and yeah. fucked with, and I was like, oh, so that blue Evo that I built recently, you know, like I picked that frame out because I was like, oh, I just know this works. I know mm-hmm. it's going to look good because oh, I've sure. seen it. Yeah. You know, and those little weird things about frames that I didn't really know before I started working on frames. And now that I know, like, I can't unsee, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was kind of, like, uptight about, it, like, oh, inch and a quarter, that's too thick for your frame tubes. they got to be thinner. It's going to look weird, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. With an Evo, it works, though. It's, like, yeah. it's beefy, but, like. The proportions kind of match. Right, yeah. and if you're running, like, a big Evo motor, like, yeah. you kind of, you know, in, one-inch frame is kind of sketchy in a 100-horsepower motor, yeah, you know. Yeah, for like, sure, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that extra weight actually rides really nice. Like, those mm. Craftec frames ride good. Yeah. Um. They're way more comfortable than I would have thought. That's cool, yeah. yeah. I never, I never ridden one. No, I mean they ride nice. Like, 
my, my shovel that I did had a wishbone frame and it was all bent and tweaked and fucking, mm-hmm. you know. And but, you're talking about the gold one? Yeah, the gold mm-hmm. one. And it rode really nice. And, and it was weird because, like, when you hit bumps and stuff, you didn't really feel them the same way that you would on some other bikes. Hmm. Like, how stiff a frame is and how comfortable it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like two things that you kind of, like, are. It's like trying to find that compromise. You don't want your frame to be so stiff that, like, if you ride road bikes, mm-hmm. right, perfect example, like aluminum road bikes versus chromoly. Mm-hmm. Like, aluminum's great because it's super light, mm-hmm. but the ride on them's really stiff. Right, like, right. You feel every bump. For sure, yeah. Whereas, like, a chromoly frame has a little bit more give, and they're just a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's hard to explain to somebody that doesn't ride a road bike. Yeah. But, it, like, carbon fiber is the same way. Like, it's flexible. Mm-hmm. It's not so rigid that it hurts. It's just a feel, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so frames are kind of like that. Yeah. That makes total sense. But yeah. you also don't want a frame that's so flexy that, like, you know, like I had problems with my shovel head because it was, it was a 96 inch stroker. Mm-hmm. So when you really got on it, you know, like keeping that drivetrain lined up in a frame that's already kind of tweaked and probably yeah. not as strong as it should be, yeah. it would flex a frame and, yeah. and like add problems with the pulley digging into the cases, hmm. you know, and that's it wasn't because I didn't problem. line it up right. It was just because like when you got on it, it would, it would move just yeah. enough to start putting that tension and walk that belt a little yeah. bit and. You actually watch the belt walk, like, when you throttled on it. Mm-hmm. But if you ran the straight edge on it, it was perfectly straight. Weird, you know? yeah. Shit yeah. gets weird. When you, like, start putting a lot of power through it, I mean, right. really, like, shit really has to be tight. I mean, yeah. yeah. Not physics, man. Physics yeah, physics. Crazy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but, all right, no, cool. Well, I think we're going to take a break here. We need a pee break here. Pee breaks, because we're three beers in now. So. <laughs> it's about all the right. time. It's about break time. <laughs> back from our break hell of a fade hell of a fade thank you i learned how to do that in college <laughs> oh cracking another one so yeah off mic we we're kind of talking more virginia local stuff in nashville and uh we got some friends out there mm-hmm. and you know just one of the things i think we should kind of talk about is so like you lived out here how long were you in california uh like four years total yeah so a pretty good chunk of time right yeah, for sure, i mean yeah. mm-hmm. you're, you're almost like immersed in local culture at that point yeah yeah so yeah. you got a pretty good idea like socal yeah know. i think so at least yeah right i mean <laughs> and, and when i met you guys I, I like when you told me you're from virginia i was like really like because you and your brother mm-hmm. both like seem like <laughs> like dudes i knew from california for sure, you know yeah. like mm-hmm. i was in san diego for i don't know like fucking 10 years maybe mm-hmm. um pretty close to 10 years and then bay area before that gotcha you know, and I always felt it was weird too, as much as like I, I claim and represent the Bay Area because it's cool in the chopper world. Like, <laughs> my personality is way more Southern California. Got, like, yeah, right. I am way more of a SoCal guy than I am a NorCal guy, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. or no Cal. Um, <laughs> and and I don't know why that, like, my dad's from, from Southern California. He was born in San Diego. Okay. Um, and lived in Westminster. Cool. Like, you know, so when I met my dad, he was living in Westminster and my grandparents were living in Hemet. Hmm. And, you know, it turns out like 
my family's really Southern Californian. Yeah, you know? okay. I, but I, I didn't know, know my that, dad. Yeah. No, well, I mean, like, you know, and I didn't even really know my dad growing up, so I didn't uh-huh. have that connection. Uh-huh. But I always thought it was weird when I was in San Diego and, and L.A. and stuff. It's like, L.A. always felt like home. Yeah, First yeah. time I visited, um, one of my friends was going to Long Beach State. Mm-hmm. And when I was 18, I was still a senior in high school, and I flew down to, to John Wayne Airport mm-hmm. and kicked it with her. She lived in uh, Hermosa Beach, or Huntington Beach. Okay. And, you know, so I was, like, 18 years old, running around Huntington in, like, the 90s. You sounds know. It was rad. Yeah, you know? And I was like, I was like, oh, I found home. You yeah. Know? It was, like, February or something like that. I yeah. just turned 18. And, uh, The culture know. out there is sick. I mean, oh, Southern California so culture is so good. I mean. And, you know, like, and, and my first, like, experience of, of Huntington Beach was Huntington Beach Pier. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, February. And, and like, so everybody in, uh, there, it's, like, wintertime to them. Yeah. You know, and they're, like, out there in full suits. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, the water's so warm right now. Yeah. Like, I could paddle out in, in my dickies right oh, yeah. now, you know? Yeah. I mean, if the if it's, like, 60 degrees, people got hoods on, I mean. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, booties and hoods. And yeah. Like, I've never, I've never surfed in booties, uh-huh. ever. And, and you know, <laughs> surfing in, in Northern California up in uh, um, Stinson Beach and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And I had a spring suit. Like, I've never even worn a full suit, ever. Um, Crazy. Right, I crazy. Mean, it is crazy now, like because you know, like I've never surfed in Virginia Beach ever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I grew up surfing and going out, and, and for us from Concord to the beach, like Stenson Beach and and all that, which is where we like to go, uh, it wasn't that crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to go out to Stenson and Bolinas, and we longboarded and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I had an O'Neill spring suit that I got at a garage sale. And it was like a three mil or something like super thin. Crazy. <laughs> it's like wearing a rash guard. <laughs> and the water's 58 degrees, you know, and, and we're out there. But on a longboard, you know, you could, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, because most of your body was out of the water. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, and, and. When you're younger, your tolerance for cold is right, definitely higher, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, and then I almost <laughs> died one time out of Bolinas. Because um, we, for whatever reason, I didn't have a leash on. Okay. And there was like a really, is it offshore wind when like the wind's blowing you out? Is yeah. It offshore, uh-huh. right? So, so it was like really windy day and the wind was blowing out and it was like just really soupy. And, and the break at Bolinas mm-hmm. like is pretty far out anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and I had never surfed there before. And so I was on this like 9.6, like old Hobie board. Or it might have been a 10.6. It was a long board. Yeah. And I didn't have a leash on. Mm-hmm. And it was really gnarly out, and and I was trying to paddle in, and I was so tired and just gassed and like fighting the wind, trying to paddle in, and I had no strength left. Yeah. And I got, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking die out here. <laughs> so I'm paddling, I'm paddling, sets in. right, a little bit, you know, but I wasn't even panicked. I was just like resolved that I'm just gonna fucking yeah. die. <laughs> I didn't even care at this Death point. At sea. I was just like, I just want to die so I can stop paddling, <laughs> right? And so I'm like fighting the wind. I'm trying to go in, and the and the current's coming out. So it keeps pushing me further and further out, and the the beach is just getting further and further That's scary. away. Right. Yeah. If I wasn't even scared. I was so calm about it. I was just like, I'm gonna die. At peace with death. <laughs> right. I was at peace. I was like, fuck it. You know, I can't afford a house here anyway. <laughs> like, what do I have to live for? Yeah. And uh, and so I'm paddling, and then like uh, like somehow like. I got caught kind of in like a rip current situation mm-hmm. and and like so the waves were coming from two different directions and I got knocked off the board 
And I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for the rip current to take me out. And I'm just like, I'm just going to relax and let it take me out. You cross your chest. And, and then, the yeah, it's just, you know, like I'm going under. And then I stand up and I'm in like chest high water. The whole time it's chest deep. Like I had never gotten past like neck level because the break there is, is pretty far out. And, and, and I didn't know how far didn't you even could walk out. Think about it. Yeah. Right. I just didn't know how shallow it was right there. And, and then I finally get knocked off the board and it was so cold because the wind that when I was in the water, I actually felt warmer. Yeah. I wasn't even wearing a spring suit that day. I was wearing like cut off khaki dickies <laughs> and a t-shirt. I didn't and have a vans. rash guard on. Like, nah, no, no vans. I just, just, it was like a, you know. A t-shirt and yep. cut off dickies yeah. and i was f- so cold because of the wind and i get in the water and i feel like kind of like i'm warming up a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. and so i just grabbed the board and like start walking up to the beach and i was i was so pissed dude i was just like <laughs> just Fuck. defeated like. yeah that no, was like that is the worst surfing experience i ever had dude surfing will kick your ass if you're not ready for it the ocean will kick your ass yeah. real quick no it's like people talk about like motorcycling being dangerous oh mm-hmm. yeah like there's def- I've been in way gnarlier, sketchier, you're gonna die situation yeah. surfing than yeah. I ever have on a motorcycle. And I've I crashed mean, on motorcycles, yeah. but I've also yeah. like hit rocks and been drugged and undercurrents yeah. and yeah. riptides rip and No, it's you're fighting Mother Nature. I mean Mother Nature will win <laughs> every time. Well and, and you know, like Northern California, there's so many more rocks, mm-hmm. you know, and I never yeah. surfed in Hawaii when I was there. So I never really had to deal with like the reef thing. Um, but I've, you know, obviously reading and watching surf movies and shit. Mm-hmm. Like you've seen people get fucked up. Yeah. They get fucked up real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? but, Dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, no surfing is gnarly. The ocean is yeah. gnarly. Um, it's funny that we're talking about surfing cause that's the reason I went out to California originally. And, um, it's just funny to how, like, I mean, just to bring this back into motorcycles, it's like I went out there for surfing and then the motorcycle culture and all that, like totally just like overthrew the whole surfing thing like the surfing really? culture in southern california to me like was way less cool than the, the motorcycle scene like the i surf- always felt like and, and maybe it's you know i always felt like they were kind of connected though like oh for sure they're connected it's just i think what i'm talking about is just like the uh just the like freaking broness of oh, the surfing yeah. scene like yeah. i just could not deal with it like and just something about the motorcycle scene seemed a lot more authentic to me. Like, right. Um, but yeah, it's just funny that we're talking about that yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you know, for like California culture, like surfing and skateboarding is such a big part of that. For sure. And then now with like, you know, it's kind of fed into like this motorcycle thing. Yeah. And it's the same people that have kind of just funneled. Like, they yeah. grew up BMX and mm-hmm. same out here, you know? It's yeah. like, you start out on BMX or skateboarding, and you got your crew, mm-hmm. and then you get a little bit older, and maybe you get into cars, mm-hmm. you know, and then for whatever reason, you know, like for me, it just, like, I was at a point in my life where, like, I was living in an apartment, and I, I didn't have room for a car anymore. Yeah. So, like, I had cars, you know, like, my first car was a 64 Lincoln. Sick, yeah. And then I had a 54 Chevy. Very cool, yeah. And then I moved to San Diego, and I lived in an apartment and had nowhere to work on these things, so I left them, you know, at home mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And then I got into, well, Vespas. Did you? <laughs> no, I, I was yeah. a super scooter no, guy. Shit. Yeah, 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 wow. I was, I was into Vespas and cafe racers. Cool, yeah. Um, and I wasn't really into the Harley thing until a little bit later uh, because my friend Engelbert, he worked at Dudley Perkins in San Francisco, and he was, like, the first dude that I knew that, 
that was like young that built like a chopper mm-hmm. you know um everybody else i knew back then with choppers was like my friend's dads mm-hmm. and they didn't ride them they yeah. just had them yeah yeah <laughs> they're like, like polishing them all every weekend you know, like, if yeah. that or they were just sitting in the corner of the garage yeah never finished <laughs> yeah right i mean yeah. you know like like i remember the the only knucklehead i remember from when i was a kid was my friend's dad and he had this like super rad chopper like and it had you remember when indian larry did that like kind of bent square stock like blacksmith style neck yeah. or frame yeah. thing yeah yeah it had a frame kind of like that that was like this twisted metal crazy frame. yeah and you know i just remember it being a knucklehead because i was like oh that's a cool shovel head and he's like that ain't a fucking shovel head that's a knucklehead <laughs> yeah. and i was like i don't know what the fuck a knucklehead yeah, is but yeah. sure okay that's okay. a knucklehead yeah got it cool knucklehead sir. yeah yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and he, he was a pretty grimy like biker guy cool you know? yeah but, yeah but like i never saw him ride that bike mm-hmm. you know by that time he was he was on like a probably like an ultra classic mm-hmm, evo you know mm-hmm. but um those moments stick with you though yeah sure. they do for sure yeah. you know but mm-hmm. but engelbert was like the first like like younger dude he's probably five four years older than me mm-hmm. and he went to mmi and then he was working at dudley and, and back then dudley perkins and probably most harley shops like with takeoff parts you know a lot of them they just threw away mm-hmm. because this is before ebay and all this shit yeah and so if you wanted something you would just take it Mm-hmm. You know, because it was just going to go in a dumpster. And, and he built this bike kind of Johnny Cash style, one piece at a time, mm-hmm. with takeoff parts and a Paco frame Sick. and a crate motor that he got at his Harley discount. Mm. You know, and it was just like a crate Evo with a five speed. It was all like OEM parts. But he put it all together to look like a, you know, like a Panhead era bike. Yeah. Even though it was all modern stuff. Right. And yeah. that was kind of his jam is like, he was a mechanic. He's like, I don't want to deal with old shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I want something that runs and looks good. Right. And, yeah. and, and this is really like before the twin cams even were right. out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had this like cool like 1925 cop seat, like the big leather seat on it and wide glide and 16s front and rear. Oh, cool, and yeah. It was flat black. It was very hot rod greaser style. And I was into that. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of what got me into choppers, you know, was seeing, like, somebody my age or close to my age doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and but I definitely, like, by that time, I'd already had, like, my Kawasaki W650, like, Triumph-style bike. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to build a chopper, I had a 60 Triumph Free in it that I bought to build a, a Triton Cafe Racer. And then when I bought it, it was already, like, a chopper. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, a really... <laughs> bad shape like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know but the, at one time it must have been really nice like the, yeah. the frame if you sanded down the blue paint like somebody had chrome plated the frame oh wow and cool was, and those those particular tramp frames like 61 62 i think or something like they're a duplex frame instead of having a single tube like most tramps oh it was kind of a special frame you know but it had like this really terrible rake job done on it hmm. it was just a, it was a hot mess hmm. but you know, I bought it just for the motor, and then I ended up, like, getting into choppers, and then a couple of my other friends, and this is in San Diego, they were building choppers, like, right around the same time, and we were hanging out in the garage and kind of doing things, and they were car guys. Um, there was, you know, like, had already had, like, Chop Top Ford, and, it, like, he had a 50 Ford, right. uh, Scott DeRay, and then Dwayne Grooms, he had a, uh, I think his was a 51 Chevy that he had chopped the top on. Mm-hmm. And they're like legit customs, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and then they got into bikes. Mm. And so, like, the three of us kind of got into choppers at the same time, and yeah. it was, like, our little crew, and, like, after work, you know, we're all married and had kids and shit, mm-hmm. and we'd all get together and hang out in Scott's driveway and work on our bikes. That's and, so sick, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was no, really that's cool. that's so cool, yeah. That's, like, golden era. Like, right. Yeah, like, yeah, being back in the 20s, getting beers, yeah. and, you know, sure. like, listening to, you know... Yeah. Like back then we were we were all in the we're all from the same area of the Bay Area, so we were in the same music, mm-hmm. you know, we all kinda hung out in the same crowd. So we'd be out there listening to like the Spits and, you know, Ramones yeah. and yeah. the dwarves and shit like that, out there wrenching on bikes. That's so cool. That's very like, like such SoCal a good, experience. Yeah, that sounds know? so cool, yeah. Yeah. It was rad. Damn. But um I forgot where I, I'm I'm on a tangent now. I don't no, no, go good. <laughs> I mean we're just talking about Southern California so, yeah, and bikes Cal- and, yeah. and how it all goes into like with the surfing thing, yeah. you know, and it all funnels into that. It really does. I mean, yeah. the surfing, skating, I mean, pretty much everyone I know in bikes skated or surfed or did something right. like that. I mean, I don't know if it's just the but adrenaline I think, or Well, what? It's, I think that it was something that you did with your friends too though, right? Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, you know, because, like, I didn't grow up near the beach, you yeah. know, so, like, when we went surfing, it was, like, we loaded up the boards in somebody's van or truck. It was, like, the whole... Right, and we all piled in, yeah. and, uh-huh. and we went, you know, and we spent the whole weekend surfing and, right. and like, being bums, basically, yeah. you know. Not that different from what we do on the bikes. No, yeah. You know? like, and it's just something to, like, keep your mind occupied. Like, right. I mean, if you're into surfing, like, that's what you're thinking about right. when you're not on something else. It's, like, the same thing with the bikes. It's, like... Just all encompassing. You can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> right. Uh, no, until you get to the point we're talking about being jaded, where like that point when like you stop noticing all the differences, like looking at Eric's chopper, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's got a ratchet top, and it's you know, you get to a point where it's like that's just a fucking chopper. <laughs> yeah, you get to the point where you pick all, all the little pieces apart, and you're like, oh, well, that's just this with this and this and this, and it, yeah. it kind of loses its luster a little bit, but. Right. It's so cool when you're first learning, though, and you're like, you're looking, and you're like, oh, he's running a juice break. Yeah. And you, like, finally realize that there that there's not just, like, a drum break's not just a drum break. Yeah. Like, there's differences. Different years, different and, whatever. And then you yeah. get a little bit smarter, and you realize that, like, oh, well, from, you know, 58 to whatever 62, mm-hmm. and then 63 to 67, mm-hmm. 68 to 72, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a nerd, you can go ahead and DM yeah. me and correct We're not me nerds those. here. I'm a nerd. I normally look that shit up, but this is off the top of my head. I've got the book, though, <laughs> with the part numbers. No, um, you're right, though. It is, um, yeah, when, you, when you're first getting into it and, like, picking apart everything, it's so fun just, like, right. dissecting every little piece of it. It's so much to learn, right? It is, yeah. And I mean, it never ends, either. No. Like, that's so intriguing about it, too. It's like, there's no cap to, like, right. what you can do. and. Yeah. So so here's a question that I have for you is okay. in in us being in the industry, right? Okay. Choppers like seeing how trends come and go since you've been interested in them. Mhm. Which is pretty close to the same amount of time that that I've been into them. Mhm. Where do you see choppers going in like let's say 10 years? Like what's the next thing you think? Like 10 years from now though. I mean we I feel like we've kind of already talked on it, but like I I mean I think it's just like later model bikes mimicking the look of the early bikes i think a lot of the like appeal of the old stuff is i mean it appeals to a big crowd but not everyone is willing to put up the money for a even a cone shovel i mean not a lot of people will put up the money for a cone shovel but um (coughs) but yeah i mean i that's kind of where i see it going um i would 
I hope that there's always going to be the appreciation for the old stuff. Um, I mean, that's that's what got me into it originally right. is like the like history of it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say probably, yeah, the later model stuff and right. um, just more people like getting like really good at stuff. Right. Like, you know, like with Instagram, like we were talking about, like with the ability to like see the process of how people are doing yeah. all the things that they're doing and like, and that's something I don't it's think incredible. a lot of people realize how high high the bar's really been raised. Oh, it's right? insane! Yeah, I mean, because like it used to yeah. like and and taking back to like the Discovery Channel era, uh-huh. like when Indy and Larry was was building like a cone motor with uh what was it a panhead and a shovel head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and people's minds were blown. Right, and guys had yeah. already been doing that. He wasn't yeah. the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, or was it a knuckle in a pan? I can't remember. It was but something like that, yeah, you know, yeah. and he had like all like different eras of bikes mm-hmm, going on and he mm-hmm. made it all work. Mm-hmm. You know, now like we're living in an era where you've got a guy like fucking C.T. Newman who just like yeah. machined his own overhead valve yeah. ULH Crazy flathead shit. or something, yeah, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and machined all of his own parts. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just, yeah. I just built this motor. I just built this transmission. Like yeah. I narrowed this transmission mm-hmm, an inch and a half. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. Yeah. It's it's crazy like how high that bar is. It or, is or guys yeah. like JP Rodman. Yeah. Um, you know, I could keep going on with like no, these people yeah. that are just doing these like extraordinary builds. The level I mean, the level is insane, like you just said. Right. And it, it really is intimidating, like because you see what they're doing and then you're like, Oh well, I, I can never make anything that good. But right. like that that's a wrong mindset. Like it's always been about and always will be about is just like getting the ideas out, like making stuff with your hands and like they didn't get that good at stuff because they were scared to try it. You know what right. I mean? Like it's, it's all about trying it. You just got to get your hands dirty and do it. Like, so most of what, you know, going back to the shop thing is mm-hmm. that's just self-taught or. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, like um, you never went to trade school or, you know, you weren't in the military. Like you're no. one of the few people out here that wasn't. In the yeah. Right. I know. No, I mean, yeah, it was just mostly self-taught. Like, um, when I was in California, I, um, I worked at a place, uh, it was called Urban Garage and, um, you kind of like rent space and you can use our tools and stuff. And, um, this dude, Dustin, he does the, uh, the pilgrimage, if Mm -hmm. you've seen his stuff on Instagram, but, um, I met him and, um, like he, he kind of opened my eyes a little bit to, uh, just kind of like what, like you, like yourself could make you know i don't know like he he was inspiring to me to just like he could make whatever you wanted on the cnc you know right. like whatever you wanted and um yeah i don't know like he he taught me a lot and just kind of like the mindset of just like taking your time like making the template like it's okay to fuck up like you know like it's okay if it takes three tries to get it right like so I don't know if that really answered your question, but yeah, it was mostly self-taught and um, just fucking up a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, like no, yeah. And, and like you know, you can be self-taught and still have mentors. Yeah, you know, what I for mean? sure. Like, yeah, and, and it just like for me, it was like I was saying with Engelbert is like that was mm-hmm. that person that like I saw, mm-hmm. you know, and then like a little bit later on down the road, it was like other people, mm-hmm. you know, like where I you know saw their bikes and I was yeah. like, oh, like and these are dudes that mm-hmm. you know. Like, I could achieve, it was achievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus, like, you know, at that time, you know, these, like, guys that have been around for 20 or 30 years, like Arlen Ness, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. they were doing, like, this crazy next level stuff mm-hmm. that was so far beyond my realm that I wasn't even interested or even thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, by that era, of things that, like, Ron Sims and Arlen Ness were doing were just, like, didn't appeal to, you know, 
20 year old yeah. you know grew up on social distortion and dead candies yeah yeah right, right. <laughs> like it didn't click the box no yeah, no at yeah. all like because it was like oh the fancy paint and like yeah seeing things that were like ramakand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know just kind of cobbled together and it was like oh i could do that like yeah. that was cool to me right you know and that's what was cool to me too is like i mean the cycle zombies bikes and all that is like you see it going down the road and you're like how is that thing going down? Right. like how is someone riding that thing like yeah. Like, I mean, that's just so cool. It's like... It's crazy to me how it's evolved, though, right? Like, because, like, when they first started building... I, I don't know how long those guys have been building bikes. Right. But when I first kind of heard of them and saw what they were doing, it's like, that's back when, like, those parts were still kind of affordable. Yeah. You know? Like, you could still go to the swap meet and find these, yeah. like, crusty wassail tanks that had, like, this old crazy wizard paint job on yeah, them. Yeah, right. And, like, you know drag pipes that were a little rusty and mm-hmm. a little ragged, mm-hmm. you know. And you could put it all together and make this really cool bike. Mm-hmm. And, like, now it's, like, you're paying a premium for that. For sure. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like the, it's cheaper to buy new drag pipes than used ones. Yeah. It's so weird, yeah. Yeah, it's weird, know. you know. But it's cool that they had the forethought mm-hmm. to think, oh, this is cool. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there wasn't a lot of people doing that. No, you're right. You're um, totally right. And I talk about Max a lot, but... You know, like, for me, like, Max is a really pivotal person because I've for always sure. paid attention to what he's done, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, like, it's so funny that the the bike that he built that was, like, the survivor bike that wasn't really a survivor. The blue one. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody knows, you know, I think he talked about it in Six Over or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. So that story has become really, like, famous. Yeah. Right? And, uh-huh. and Max is a great storyteller, so it's, like, yeah. it's so funny when you hear him tell the story. Right. But, you know, it's, like, that was the thing, like, like the survivor thing wasn't really a thing and then yeah. right around the time that he did that and then other people were like oh that's fucking that's so cool. sick to have a bike that stayed the same like all these right. years yeah and, yeah and i think that was kind of like a turning point you know and the 4q knucklehead was kind of like that too where mm-hmm. it's like he didn't overdo it yeah yeah you know? and, and it's a lot like how people build bikes in japan uh-huh. is that you know like they appreciate that the history of those and that's part of the culture you know of, of like like when they glue together the broken pots mm-hmm. with, the, with the gold glue and oh yeah you know like that's something that goes way way back in mm-hmm. their culture mm-hmm. was to appreciate the history of something mm-hmm. and to make it functional without changing that history you that's know so and that's such a, like a new concept to us because we're a disposable society like yeah disposable razors like yeah you don't sharpen razors like you no. throw them away you, and you, you pay 25 dollars for another four pack yeah yeah you know like we're a disposable society mm-hmm and so I think that that kind of caught on here is like this like new idea of like oh this is still okay like mm-hmm. this bike still runs yeah you know it doesn't need to have this shiny paint job yeah and rechromed everything because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. even like people that restore American motorcycles if you remember like that era of of restoration from like the the two thousands like people over restored them oh yeah. Like a like car, the wrong paint jobs, like wrong, right, yeah. and they were painted nicer than because you know GM in the seventies, mm-hmm. like GTO, perfect example. Six mm-hmm. six GTO was just another fucking car in the assembly line. Yeah, yeah. They did not spend any more time building a GTO than they did a Le Mans. Yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. now, when you know, back then, when people were restoring a GTO, like everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's like it didn't even leave the factory perfect. Yeah. There was overspray in the trunk. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and then they over restored them. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the American thing is that. It's either new or it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's cool that that's kind of come back here. <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, I mean, Chase at Highway does a really good job at that. I mean, right. and he he's in the same boat as, like, uh, Blue Groove or whatever, Taco or whatever. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, dude, I remember, like, 
he had that like black knucklehead, and it just had like the long, it had like a long wide glide and T bars, and like that thing was just perfect to me. Like yeah. it was just so sick, and he rode that thing all over, and I just thought that thing was so sick. Like yeah, the crusty and yeah. I no, know. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's so sick. But I think it's weird. Like you're starting to see people now take like an A baby three Ironhead mm-hmm. that was, or not A three Ironhead, but A baby three Sportster, like yeah. a late nineties five speed Sportster. Yeah, that was like perfect, perfect beautiful. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> five thousand miles. Like had lived most of its life in a garage on a yeah. battery tender. Right. And then they're like, oh, I'm gonna build a chopper. And then they are putting the fucking crustiest parts on there. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of like the red rim and white wall thing all over again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you're making a survivor chopper out of an A baby three, yeah. you know, shelter hog. Mm-hmm. Now you're making it look like it's a chopper that's been around for forty years, right? Right. And it's like, oh man, like you run like a yeah. real nice sports, a gear. nice bike, yeah. You know, and oh, with the O threes, we were talking about this too. Is, mm-hmm. is you know, like people with the O three sportsters, oh yeah, that like because there's no market for sportster tanks from the from an O three. Mm-hmm. You know, and people that have, like, fucked up the paint. And it's like, that's an anniversary year. Like, yeah. the paint's going to mean something one day. Yeah, one day. Right. And already with the Dynas, you know, it, it, like, people pay a premium for those, like, Dyna Lowrider or whatever, Dyna Standard FXDX tins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. the original paint. Mm-hmm. Like, people pay a premium yeah. for those. Same with, like, early sports or stuff, like, or yeah. 90 sports or stuff, like the Evo sports. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, all that. It's yeah. like, I mean, the original stuff from the left of factory, it's it's going to hold its value right. in the long run. Like, <clears throat> No, that's but, one thing with, like, the Sportsters, you know, like a stock Sportster. Mm-hmm. Like, you see them now, and it's, it's almost unusual to see, like, like yeah. especially, like, a late 60s when they still have the 18-inch rims and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When you see, like, a bone stock XLCH, and you're like, man, that's so cool. Yeah, it's sick, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? it's like, whoa. Because, like, I've never... Even when those were around, they weren't stock. Yeah, you know? right. Like Every, everything's been taken. Everybody switched like, into 16 yeah. inch rims. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Lapera seats or Mustang seats and yeah. different handlebars. It's like you see when it's all stock and you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. It is cool, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the history. Like, I mean, you were saying it. It's just the history and all that is what really is cool about them. The story of them and right. all that. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. So, circling back, yeah. um, like I said, your Plain Jane Garage out of Norfolk. You can be found on Instagram, which is Instagram's Plain Jane Garage at Plain Jane Garage, and same thing for the website. It's just plainjanegarage.com. Um, yeah, we're in Norfolk, Virginia. Do um, fabrication, paint, motor work, uh, whatever you need, start to finish. All right. And uh, so if, if people are interested in sending you work and they're not local, mm-hmm. um, you know, are, are you willing to do builds and stuff for people that are out of the area? If they send yeah. you parts, like, how does that work? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to help with whatever. I mean, <clears throat> any problem you have, um, if you want me to build you a whole bike, I'll do that. If you want me to build you a sissy bar, I'll do that. I mean, really, sky's the limit. All right. Yeah. One-stop shopping. Trying to be. Trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on here, and uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed listening to us have a conversation. And uh, that's pretty much it until the next time. You got yeah. any parting words? No, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, and um, yeah, man, just yeah. 
thank you and uh, hope everyone is doing well. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.